Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses, and our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. I wonder if I'm ever going to memorize that where I don't have to uh, read it anymore. You will. I think you might get to the point where you're kind of winging it at the same time, but you're like, you got the you got the gist of it down. Yeah. I think we'll get there. There's one hiccup in the middle that I'm not sure about because it's like, I, w- I, I never know where to put the punctuation, but I figured it out on the fly. What do you mean punctuation? Like the like it's kind of a long sentence and I my breath runs on a little bit. So I'm like, ah. <laughs> but we get her done. We get there. Yeah, we yeah, get her do. done. Uh, what have you been up to, Tyler? I know I got a couple things to talk about, but what's new with you? Yeah, this is, I feel like this is kind of different for me. I feel like I don't really have much to share, but actually we, we had a meeting, uh, my business partner with our company and we trying to take small steps because we, we were hitting a little roadblock where just kind of stale, didn't have much going on. So got a meeting set up and out of the meeting, we got, we had a whole list of stuff to do and we're like, all right, let's start small, take some baby steps, go from there. And just slowly build up from there. So that's one thing. Uh, I just, I I don't know if I really said it much, but I was really unmotivated. I think I told you personally, didn't really yeah. talk about it much on the podcast. Uh, I was just like really unmotivated, didn't know what to do, kind of directionless. And I, I yeah, I did tell you about the book. I, I bought like this productivity book and it, it's actually helped out quite a bit. I've spent a lot less time on my phone, which is good. And I'm doing more meaningful, impactful work. And past few months, I have been training for a half marathon. I, I don't know if he still listens to the podcast, but he was listening to a few of the episodes. Jorge reached out to me and he goes, hey, let's do a Ironman. And I'm like, whoa, they're a cowboy. Let's, yeah. let's slow our horses here. And I don't even know if I can do a half marathon. So we're going to start out small. So I actually got a half marathon coming up this weekend. Ooh. And yeah, so we've been training quite a bit for that. And then also at work, uh, getting a little bit hectic there. I got promoted. Um, my strategy Not just left. <laughs> my strategy just left. So taking on a few more clients and probably going to be getting a little bit more busy there. So Got actually quite a bit of stuff going on on my side. Uh, what's going on on your side? So you were lying. You said there's not much going on. And then you were like, hey, actually, I lied. <laughs> there's a lot of no, stuff that's I've, going on. No, I feel like in the past, I feel like I don't really ever say I have much going on. Oh, so. you mean this week you had a little bit more. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, well, for me, um, I got a speaking engagement tomorrow. I haven't done a speaking engagement in uh, quite some time. It's for it's called Startup Minot. So it's pretty much they have two speakers talk for 10 minutes about what their business is uh, and what they provide. And then there's like a 10 minute question and answer with each guest. So excited to see how that goes. I'm a little nervous, not nervous, but more excited, excited, uh, anxious. Yeah, I've I've been trying to do that, lady. Turn your nervous, whatever you think is nervous or anxious, just say you're excited and it flips it in your brain. Um, but that's tomorrow morning and I have my bullet points, uh, ready to go. And I practiced it a couple times today. So we'll do that. I think the last speaking engagement I had was to like a bunch of high schoolers. So this will be a little bit different. It's actually, yeah, it's actually with adults that, um, know what they're talking about. So I can't just lie, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, to high schoolers, I could just say whatever I wanted. It didn't really matter. <laughs> they didn't know. They're like, Oh, this guy must be, yeah, this guy must be right. Uh, that, and then I got, uh, you know, sorry, do you have a question about the speaking engagement? Uh, so 
one of the guys I work with, Jonah Lanto, he's a producer uh, for like a live event company. He knew, I don't know how he's involved in it, but he's at every single one. I think he might be the MC for it. And then the Minot area EDC, the chamber guy, uh, I think he's the president of the chamber. He's heavily involved in it and he reached out to me and I've worked with him through one of my previous clients. So uh, the Discovery Center, the Magic City Discovery Center, he's on the board, their marketing board. So that's kind of how I have relation with that guy. And uh, he reached out and said, you want to be a guest? I was like, sure, I'll come talk. Sweet. Uh, so nice. yeah, I just had to put a quick pitch together. It seems pretty simple. They got coffee. It's at 730 in the morning. That's my only thing that I wish it wasn't. I'm not very good at talking in the morning. After I talk all day, yeah, after I talk all day and like the, I just practice the pitch and it's like, what, f five o'clock here probably. And I was, it was great. I did awesome. But yeah, nice. 730 in the morning, we'll see. I might chug a Red Bull. Um, <laughs> Maybe but, you'll start waking up at five eventually. Yeah, I actually no, probably never. <laughs> I'd really have to get, I'd have to get a lady that settles me down and wakes me up that early in the morning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I tried it for a couple weeks where I woke up at six mm -hmm. and then it's just... It sucked. Yeah. So now I just, for you. yeah, I just wake up at eight and I just work later. So, you know, mm -hmm. lately with all the podcasts that I've been producing, usually I work on the video production company, the actual thing that pays my bills from about eight 30 or nine to five or six. And then mm -hmm. I'll eat dinner. And then from about seven 30 or eight to about 11 or 12 at night, I work on other stuff. So, I mean, it, it really is the same as waking up early and getting stuff done. It's just, I'm doing it at night instead of early in the morning, which that's something a lot of people preach. Oh, you got to wake up early to be productive. It goes both ways. You can wake For up sure. and yeah, you can wake up at a normal time. Just do more work at night instead of watching Netflix where that's where people yep. kind of run into some hiccups. That's where they fall off. Yeah. But you're an early morning person. You like to get up early. That's correct. I do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel productive I, in the morning. I, um, I, I def define productive because I, I don't, you know, I don't wake up to go watch Netflix or spend time on my phone. Yeah. I stretch for 30 minutes and then I go for a run and now I start, I just switch my workout to work out. So I'll get home around seven thirty eight ish and I'll have a stretch run and workout in and then I'll get to work. So, so what time do you wake up then? Like five thirty? Yeah. Five five and then stretch for a half hour or not anymore yep, yep. five thirty five thirty and then change go for a run sounds miserable. get back depends on <laughs> how long the run is it's actually not i don't know I, I i wouldn't i was never a morning person and now you know i my body just wakes up at that time like if i turn my alarms off the latest mm -hmm. i can sleep in is like five thirty. like my it's yeah. it's your bad. circadian like, rhythm is that what that's called yeah I don't know. I'm it's not a doctor. I don't. Yeah, it is. I, I think I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but yeah, it, it's just my my body just is accustomed to that now. And I like I'll work a wedding and I'll get home at like 11 or 12. I'm like, all right. I'm the first time I did it. I was like, I'm still waking up at five. Mm -hmm. And then the night before, I only had like four hours of sleep. And then I got another four hours. And then I woke up the next day. And then I went for like a 10 mile run. And then I came back. I'm like, oh my god, I need I need to pass out, nap. and I pass out for like an hour or two, and I just felt hungover after that. So after that, I started turning my alarm off for after wedding days, and I still wake up at five thirty at the latest. Can't get out of it, man. You're stuck. Those wedding days are long too. 
I've done a couple yeah, of weddings, they man. They suck. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much on my end. There's not a whole lot ex- except, you know, I was in Fargo this last weekend and I have a client in Fargo, a couple clients around the state, but I've been thinking more and more about how to expand into the state outside of Minot. So that's something that's been on my mind lately. Not a ton of progress on it. Uh, you know, just, just meeting people. I think it's networking with people that are in those different cities and seeing where things go. So nothing crazy on that front, but maybe in the coming episodes, there'll be a little bit more, uh, headway on that. But yeah, that's just, I mean, one thing that I've been thinking about lately. Mm -hmm. So I think we can get into our topic. If there's nothing else you'd like to share with our lovely fans. I'm, I'm fine. I don't know if you want to touch on what's going on with you. I know you, we, we went a little bit long, but I saw, I see your, you have a few other things, but we don't have to touch on it if you don't want to. Nah, that's all right. We'll skip them there. All right. There's cool. nothing crazy. Um, so right. let's get right into it. Losing clients. Um, that's our topic this week. Losing clients. That's something that I think every business has to deal with, especially, I mean, I've lost a few clients where it sucks and I'm getting more used to it as I'm operating my business, you know, every single day. Uh, have there been any instances where you've lost clients? Like how familiar are you with losing clients? I suppose in your, uh, your nine to five job, I suppose that comes up here and there. Yeah. For agency percentages, we're actually pretty high. Like our agency rate is about 80% retention. I'd say 80, 70 to 80 in, in that range, which is pretty good for agencies because mm. I'm pretty sure I heard is like usually 20 to 30%. So we're on the upper, I think it's because we're so niched down. We're like with these specific, we work in this specific industry, whereas a lot of other marketing companies might work just generically. And what's the difference between what they know compared to a different marketing company? We have industry knowledge. So we're able to separate ourselves from marketing companies because they don't have all the knowledge within the industry that we have. So I think I think that's a big reason that we're able to retain clients so well. So but there is definitely times when we do we do lose clients unfortunately and I think What eh, niche are you yeah. guys in? What is your It's remodeling and home building. Okay, gotcha. I think they're trying to just go remodeling, but yeah. Yeah. So how close to you are well, I suppose you're pretty close to clients. You work with the clients, correct? Yeah, we 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 have monthly calls with them. Um, they are trying to kick out new kick out contracts. old clients. <laughs> kick <laughs> no, out old contracts. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they actually they're because they might be because there's a lot of clients that are still on really old contracts, and we've created new contracts to try and help agency and help them out at the same time and help serve them more. Okay. And these contracts are better serving for that. So if there's still a client that we have that's maybe like two plus years old and they're still on the old old retainers and they're not paying what our minimums are, yeah. it's like, okay, you got to either bump up or... We can't grandfather you in anymore is pretty much the... Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah. that's there's so, a point in business where you got to do that. I've had to do that with some of my first clients that I ever had. Obviously, they were pretty cheap compared to what I charge now. And I've had to have that conversation where it's like, hey, uh, I appreciate your loyalty and working with me through all of this, but you know, our rates are going up a little bit. And I still don't even push them to the full, if it was a brand new client to come to me. 
I still give them a little bit of a discount, even if it's just a little bit, just for staying with me for so long. It's like, hey, I'll cut some of these unnecessary fees that I might throw on there. Yeah, I feel like that might help with lifetime value. I'm not sure if you try and calculate that much within Mm -hmm. your business, but I feel like a lot of companies do look at lifetime value and see how they can increase that as much as possible. I know that's really big with the e-com businesses in mm-hmm. e-com world is trying to have as high e- or lifetime value as possible. And I always think about with Amazon, I'm like, geez, yeah. their lifetime value with people, it's probably insane because it's like you got Amazon Prime and then you're constantly buying. It's like, I was just thinking about that like last week or a couple of weeks ago. I was like, geez. <laughs> That's probably my favorite uh, acronym. When I started my clothing apparel company in high school, uh, rest in peace, plug hockey. But when I started that, I was like, I need to figure out people's, I need to figure out the LTV of these people, the lifetime value. Uh, I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know how to calculate it, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty big in retail. I haven't done much thought process on it video wise. Uh, it, mm-hmm. I feel like it's something more down the road when you have a team in place, but for now I'm just trying to make sure all my clients are happy with what they're getting. Yeah. And I feel like it might be more so if you have more sources of revenue coming in so you can say you have one client and you currently only offer video services. So it's tough to, you know, you can still calculate lifetime value, but it's maybe like they come here and there, but maybe you have like five other revenue sources that they could buy from. And then Mm -hmm. it's like trying to get them on there as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Maybe that is something I should look at lifetime value. And then I'll maybe see that my clients, it's like, okay, you're not worth a lot and you keep leaving. Maybe I'm doing something wrong here. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it'll open your eyes but to something it, that you're not seeing. Oh, exactly. Maybe I don't want my eyes to be open. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping them closed. Yeah. So getting into uh, some of the specific, just to give some examples, because I know one thing in the podcast, we didn't want to speak like we know more than we should. We want to just talk about our own experiences. So I think we're going to dive into a little bit of the instances that we've went through on losing clients and how we've dealt with that. And hopefully that can help you in your business. But Tyler, without giving any name specifics, I'm not going to say who my clients are or anything, but have you had a specific, well, I know you've had one recently that you're, I don't know if you've had to deal with it, but it, it does fall in this uh, realm. So do you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. It was just starting out and I'm not sure if I touched on it at the start, but it was just reaching out to all these real estate agents and offering a free video because I didn't really have that portfolio behind me and being like, this is my work. This is what I can do. So I was just basically saying, hey, let me do a free video for you. Let me show you what I can do. And then I got in touch with a realtor and we had quite a few Uh, I guess you could call them interviews and they wanted an in-house person to do basically all their marketing and they were a bit busy over the summer and that's when we were talking and then they're like okay when it hits like September we'll contact you so I waited till September they contacted me and then they're like we got a house love to see what you can do and went out did the house for them and then they're like we also have another little thing going on tonight stroll the street and made a quick video for them for that as well and i thought they were both pretty decent videos and they liked them they said that they liked them so i don't know if that's fake or not because obviously it didn't end up them going with me but maybe it's just because they want someone in-house excuses but (laughs) yeah no and that's where 
it makes sense because the variable of losing a client in my experience isn't always because you did a bad job. There's so many other variables when you do lose a client that maybe, you know, maybe the funds aren't there for them, or maybe they do want to go in-house, like you said, or there's so many moving parts and losing a client that it's not always like the client is firing you saying, we don't want to work with you anymore. Sometimes it is, Hey, we want to work with you, but right now we can't. Yeah. Yeah. It might just not be the right time. Like it was over the summer though. Like we're too busy to, you know, get with you, plan everything and do all this. We're just too busy. And then over the, and then when they slowed down, they contacted me. So, uh, yeah, they reached out. They're like, we want to pay you. And then it was like, no, I said I would do this for free. And then I did do an extra quote unquote video for them. So I was like, you know what? It, I didn't expect to get paid for this. I didn't want to get paid for this. So I just wanted to the opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity. I wanted to just show you what I could do maybe moving forward because during our interviews, I, I think I really impressed them with my knowledge within marketing because they were talking a lot about Google ads, Facebook ads, all these different avenues that they did with marketing that I would, that they would want me to do. And, you know, I pretty much know everything that they were, they wanted me to cover. It was just, I think their main concern was I didn't want to work for them because I currently have a job and it's like, I don't want to go to another job. My main thing would be to create my own job. And I think that's very similar to you where you first started out your video production company and within a few weeks or month, whatever it was, the news station contacted you and they're like, Hey, you want a job? And And I I think that's, (laughs) (laughs) it was in the junk folder. So I think that's really, I think that's really similar to where, this was at is they really wanted someone in-house because they can she told me she's like we can go to anyone on the street and freelance or whatever it is and just hire them to do it what we want is someone in-house that truly understands us as a company and we don't need to explain it to them every time and just do all their stuff for them yeah and that's something where sometimes it does suck being a freelancer in that instance because a lot of times bringing people in-house for any service, it doesn't even have to be video services. It does save money for the company. So, you know, paying people to be there nine to five, they can usually get more done in that time if they're working hard, uh, in my experience, but you know, freelancer route can get a little expensive, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just another one of those instances where the partnership's great, the relationship's great, but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much one of the main ones. Another one is I he just struggles with communication. I find I'll like text them. I won't really get a reply. Um, I'll email him. I don't really get a reply. So he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a close family friend with me. So, um, he, I did a few videos for him. He really liked them as well. And then he's like, he pretty much said I could do it like a la carte, just go out, go to the jobs or whatever, or we can like get you on retainer. And I was like, that's sweet. Let's do it. And we didn't really proceed anywhere after that. So I'm going to be uh, texting him this month or emailing him and being like, hey, is there anything you want me to do? Do you want me to go to the one building? Because he's got a project, a whole building, and it's like a two year long project. And it would, he's like, it would be cool if we just got updates throughout the year just showing like the different progress. So I'm going to message him and be like, Hey, is there any new projects that you want? Do you want me to go and do that one again? See if he wants anything there. So he kind of 
fell off. And I feel like it's a little bit of uh, just the communication aspect of it. But yeah, I think I think a good thing, depending on the situation that was left off, is going back to the clients and reaching out to them, being like, hey, maybe yeah. maybe it's just like, maybe it's even just, hey, do you want to go out for coffee or something like that? Just like, you know, see how they're doing, you know, stay in touch with them and keeping that relationship there. Yeah. And a lot of that is just staying in touch because you never know when down the road, if they're going to need your services. There's been a couple of times where I've had a retainer and we're working and the relationship's good. And then they stop. I lose that, lose that client technically. Uh, and then down the road, they say, Hey, let's start that up again. So it's always better to leave on a good note. Don't burn that bridge because you don't know what you're going to get down the road. Uh, how exactly. do you, how do you mentally, you personally, how do you mentally deal with losing those clients? I kind of alluded to it where you don't want to burn that bridge, but it does kind of take a toll on you when you get an email or a text or whatever it might be. And they say, Hey, this was fine, but we're, we don't want to work together. Uh, however they phrase it, but how do you mentally go about receiving that news? I go and cry in a corner. Yeah, me too. <laughs> wall punch. Seems to work. Wall yeah, punch. It seems, yeah. <laughs> you should see my wall. I got so many holes over there. Um, yeah, honestly, it sucks. Just uh, for me, I, it's it's more so like on a ghosted side where they don't really, it, they just stop contacting me. Mm-hmm. So I think if it does happen, just, just being a grateful and appreciative of the opportunity that you were given to go out, help them. And just being like, hey, no worries. Um, if you ever want to like get coffee or something, and just keep that relationship. I think you know we've, I don't know how many times we've said it, but relationships and networking is huge. And then maybe there's just something later down the road that something does come up. It's just always being available and maintaining and keeping that good relationship. Like you don't want to go at them and be unless it was a really shitty spot and a really shitty relationship. Yeah. Then maybe it's okay to you don't want to be like hey fuck you you want to maybe just be like hey no problem i understand and then maybe just not really pursue it that much anymore but you want to keep that relationship and maintain that going forward it's always better to take the high road i've found even if it is a bad situation where you have to say like hey you know this sucks i don't want to like i want to yell at this person right or blast them in an email or something but the kind of that you bringing that up brings me to or makes me think about two different uh, two different avenues, I guess. One is actually some clients I've lost, and then some into the ghosting. So, the ghost you've got a goddamn clicking problem there, Jesus. Man, it's my it's my thing. It's like it's so it looks so cool, but it's like. But no, the so the ghosting avenue. I've had that happen to a couple clients this summer where. They're really gung ho about the project and which is weird because a lot of the times I chalk up ghosting to uh, budget wise. So there's been times where I meet with a client, we have a discovery call, I give them a number, a figure of what this project's going to cost and I don't hear from them after that, which a lot of times I can pick that out and I can say, okay, this makes sense as to why they don't want to move forward. I threw them an outrageous number, but the two that I've had recently and I won't even say what industry or who the client is, but they've given me a budget and I've come in at or under that budget. And then I still haven't heard from them in months. So that's something in it. I've reached out a few times where 
it's really perplexing. It's really goofy because I, I remember one project was a $5,000 budget. Uh, the gentleman called me. He said, here's exactly what we want. We've looked at your work. We enjoy your work. Uh, we want you to kind of send us a treatment of what you think we could do or what the best idea is that you have in your mind, which awesome. I can do that. They said, we have $5,000 we're putting towards this. And I said, okay. So I sent him a project and I said, Hey, here's what this video is going to look like. It's pretty much exactly what you explained. Here's going to show up. Here's how long it'll take. Here's the price. I think it was like $4,900. So I even tried to save a little bit of money uh, and never heard back from him. Or no, I heard back from him right away and he said, this looks awesome. I'm going to share it with the board, blah, blah, blah. We'll be in contact with you next week. Didn't hear anything next week. So I sent him an email. Hey, did you have a chance to share that information with your team? Didn't hear anything. I have the guy's number. So a couple weeks later, I text him. Hey, don't know if you got my email a couple weeks ago. Just wondering if you if we lost some steam on this project. No answer again. So then a couple weeks after that, and I said, hey, it's probably... Uh, last time I'll reach out, whatever. I just wanted to do, see if there's anything, if we're making any progress on this project, didn't hear from him. So I was like, okay, that's really weird because he gave me a number. You said you want to work together. And it's almost like they cherry pick like, Hey, this is the company we want to work with. And then the same thing happened for another company. And both of these companies were actually not in uh, the city where I live, which is funny enough. And pretty much the same thing. Like, Hey, we want to move forward with this. Here's what we have. Here's the idea with that one. I gave them three different, uh, treatments proposals and i said hey here's the low cost one here's the middle cost here's the high end one and i think they're like okay we'll go with the middle one said cool let's get this ready to go ghosted gone so those are really perplexing to me where it's like hey you want to work together you've expressed that and you've given me how much money we have to play with and then they just fall off the face of the earth yeah that is pretty odd i feel like they would at least give you enough respect to be like hey sorry we decided mm-hmm. to go with X or give you or, at least hey, a we're reason. not doing the project or, yeah. you know what I mean? And I always find yeah. that I understand in business that clients, they're doing it for their own benefit. If, if you tell me, hey, we don't have enough money to do that. Sure. If you tell me, hey, we really like your work, but we're going with company B instead. That's fine. Or if you say, hey, uh, we're going to push this back four months. Awesome. I'd rather a client be honest and just tell me the reasoning for what's happening on their side of things that makes it less less thought process on my end of hey what's going on not that i think about it a ton it doesn't keep me it doesn't keep me up at night it doesn't keep me up at night but uh yeah i just (laughs) why do you think i have all those holes in the wall uh it doesn't keep me up at night but it just makes me wonder like it's really goofy and i've had clients where they tell me like hey uh it's outside of our budget right now but we're gonna work on getting it together so we can do it in the future which i'd rather them tell me that than be like Never talk to you again. See you later. Yeah, I feel like at the same time, they could just be getting busy and they just don't have time and they just don't even end up doing it. Maybe they, yeah. maybe in a year, they'll come back and be like, hey, sorry, we ghosted you. Yeah, which would be fine. Is, is this still the proposal? There was one thing I was talking to my sister. Yeah, they're like, is this good? I'm like, no, it's an extra 5K now. But I was talking yeah. to my sister and she was looking for an internship and she had emailed someone and they had no response. And she was asking me my advice on it, saying, why don't people respond? I said, that's sometimes just how the business industry goes. Sometimes people just don't answer. And then she's like, are you one of those people? Do you not answer people? I was like, I try to answer people, but there's times I forget to answer emails. And then I have to go back and be like, I told, I opened this and I totally passed over it. And here it is. So that is something you have to deal with. But that's one thing about business. You know, you're going to have clients like that. Not every single client is going to be your favorite client. So you kind of just have to deal with that. 
Yeah. And not every client's going to live in their email inbox, you know, waiting, waiting for a reply or whatever, just so they can, you know, reach back to you or answer your emails. They should. <laughs> they should. Should wait on me. <laughs> yeah, they should. But yeah, I mean, I don't, that, I don't get why they wouldn't. Yeah, I just, I've been asking them. I keep sending them as well saying, why aren't you waiting for me to reply? <laughs> Uh, it is nice when you get a client though that's super good at communicating. Those are literally my mm-hmm. favorite, and they communicate like they're real yeah. people instead of, "Dear Mr. Bennett, we would like to yep. just text me and say, "Yo, what's up? Uh, we're gonna go with you. Send us over the contract." That to whom fantastic. this may concern? Yeah, it's like <laughs> to me, it concerns me actually. Believe it or not, you're sending it to me, <laughs> but that kind of pivots a little bit into my second avenue I wanted to talk about, and that's losing clients that you already have and that are paying you money. And we've talked about this before and when we we're going to talk about this. And I guess episode seven is when we're going to talk about Here it this it episode. But we've been uh, waiting. there was about an 11 minute span uh, where I lost $70,000 in effective money. So technically it wasn't just taken from me. But if you look at it as I, I don't even know what the term would be perceived value of what you expect. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's a term for it of some forecasted forecasted yeah. revenue. Yeah. And that's something where you think about you don't count your money or revenue until it's in your bank or until contracts are signed and all that kind of stuff. But these were pretty locked in, I had assumed at the time. And you know, it was two emails. I got two emails that were like eleven minutes apart, one saying, Hey, we would like to we're gonna move on from uh, our contract we have currently. Thanks so much for working together. Uh and then the other one was, hey, you know, kind of the same gist. We're going to go with our internal team. Appreciate you uh, putting this together for us. And I tell you what, when you lose that kind of money, when it's at stakes like that, obviously it wasn't $70,000 in 11 minutes, but over the course of however many months it would have been, uh, you that's kind of gut-wrenching a little bit. I remember texting you right away, and I was like, sweet. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that was awesome. What do I do now? Yeah. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, uh, really, I had to figure out a response for that. Uh, those, when people fire you, I guess you can call it a firing, but or move on from a contract, those, if they don't give you the reason for ending it, those are hard to be like, hey, why? But you can, you can cherry pick in there a little bit saying, you know, hey, yeah, what's the reasoning? Some people give you the reason, yeah. but. I feel like your mind might race a little bit and assume the worst or just, you know, start playing different scenarios. What was going through your mind? Oh, 100%. My mind was, hey, I must be a bad videographer. I must run a bad company. And that's why they don't want to go with me. Obviously, I've talked to these clients now, uh, this being in the past, I've talked to them now and figured out the reasoning for it. And really, it had nothing to do on my end. Uh, You know, one of them was it wasn't the guy's decision. It was obviously the owner of the company's decision. And I never had contact with that gentleman. Uh, so, you know, I can't, that's not that, you know, that you have to make decisions for your own company and that's the, the decision they went with. So that's totally fine, but it's not like, Hey, we're going with a different company. He just decided we're going to do it with our own team. So whatever. Awesome. And then the other one, you know, uh, my thoughts were racing and I was like, Oh my gosh, they must not like working together, this, this, and all these things are running through your head. And then you end up talking to uh, the client and you find out that really it just has nothing to do with you. It's just there there are different variables, like I said earlier in the show, uh, in the podcast, there are different variables that you don't see being an outside vendor. 
And once they explain those to you, it really does make sense. So on those instances, I could have sent a message back saying, you know, go to hell. This sucks. Why, how could you ever do this to me? But it's better to keep that line of communication open for future projects and future work, even if it doesn't lead to anything having that opportunity there is better than burning that bridge. Cause you never know how many bridges one bridge is going to ruin. Does that make sense? If you burn one, you might burn 10. Yeah, for sure. I think at the same time too, if you maintain that relationship and that connection, they might refer you to other people. They're like, Oh, we were going to go with this guy or maybe the one client that you were working with. They're like, this guy does great work and they just refer you to someone else. So I think just, you maintain that relationship. You ended up going out to coffee or whatever with one of them and you kept that relationship strong and left on a good note. And if, you know, anything in the future ever does come up, they're probably going to come back to you or maybe some opportunity comes up where someone's looking for a videographer, like, and they got throw the guy. The hat in the ring. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where it's, that's where relationships are so important because you never know these people have been in business for a while their friends, their business friends need video work and you want to be the guy uh, they're saying their name. Even if you are upset with that client, which I'm not, I want to put that on the record. But even if that does come up, you want to be able to be that name that people need moving forward. Another thing that I was thinking about when you lose clients, when we're prepping for the show, there's so many clients out there that there's so much money to be made. One client is not going to ruin your business. If you're relying your whole business on one client, then that's an internal problem you need to look at. So a lot of people underestimate the amount of money that can be made. There's not, if you have a scarcity mindset thinking, oh, I'm competing with this person. If whoever gets this job is going to eat tonight, that's a bad mindset to have. So if you can just think, okay, there's so many clients out there. There's so many businesses out there, people I can work with that will put you in the right mindset to go out there and get another client. Yeah, the markets, the market and audience is quite a bit larger than you might think. Yeah, and I think I think at the same time too, competition creates more value too, or more, uh, more. I don't know, is it demand? Yeah. But it, I think it, it's good. It's good to have competition too. Like if there's another videographer, it you're ba you're basically able to compete with him and then raise your prices at the same time and at the same time they're choosing between two whereas so there's an example of two vending machines one's coke one's pepsi and it's better to have both of them there because when someone walks by instead of thinking do i want a pepsi or not they're going to be going with no as if there's a two of them they're going to walk by it's like do i want pepsi or coke so they take the and no off the table yeah exactly I like that analogy, actually. And it, it creates a better product, too. Competition creates a better product for both people competing. That's true. If I, That's true if because I it know pushes my you to get better. Yeah. If I know my videos suck, he's going to win. So yeah. I or she's going to win. I have to create a better product. No discrimination. Yeah, exactly. But that's kind of all I have on losing uh, clients. That's my experience. Tyler, is there anything else you want to talk about about losing clients before we kind of hop into this new segment we're going to introduce? Not really. I feel like breaking up with clients is part of the process. Either you're growing, they're growing, they're not growing, and then it's not a good fit for you. I think it's just part of business and part of life cycle. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you can have it where you don't have the breakups, but then there are 
going to be a lot of times where it just happens and, you know, you just got to suck up those blows. We haven't had any quotes this episode. What was that Mike Tyson quote? Backed up against the wall. You always have a plan until you get punched in the face? Yeah. Is that the one? I don't know. Does that apply here? I don't know. Does that apply here? It applies everywhere, man. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get punched in the face. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's the thing. If you're going into business, you're going to lose the clients eventually. So, don't let it ruin your day. Well, it can ruin your day, but don't let it ruin your business life. Uh, there's going to be times when you lose clients. Uh, it's inevitable. So you can't go into business thinking that everything's going to be picture perfect. Just don't take it personal because a lot of times it isn't. Unless they explicitly yeah. send you an email saying, fuck you, I hate this product that you deliver to us, never email us again. Then you can maybe take it personal. But other than that, generally, I've found in my experience that it's it's not personal. It's just them making business business decisions that they have to make. Yeah, one day or one moment doesn't ruin a whole year, whatever it is. And also it comes with a learning opportunity at the same time. If there is, learn. a lot of failures do come with learning opportunities and that's the best time to learn. Boom, right there. There's our quote of the day. Uh, so we're going to get into a new segment that uh, Tyler and I have been spitballing, throwing around. And this is kind of to spark our brains a little bit. And we're going to introduce one new business idea every episode. We're going to start with one. If Eventually, we might get into each of us has our own idea, but we're going to just start with one and kind of spitball back and forth and uh, see what we can make out of it. So these aren't generally ideas or necessarily ideas that relate to either of our businesses. They can be or can be a totally different idea. And I think today's is kind of a totally different idea. I think it is, but I'm not sure what it is. Do you mind elaborating on it? Yep. Came up with it about an hour and a half ago. And I have written down on my notes here, speed dating for business interests. So the thought process behind this, when I thought of this was one thing I see in high school and college students is they don't know which route to take in life. And maybe it's just by talking to my sisters and my friends that they switch majors and they don't know what to do. They don't know what they're good at. It would be cool if there was an event of some sort where, hey, here's 15 different industries. You're in groups of three people, maybe, and you have five minutes and you go there and they pretty much give you an elevator pitch and it's hands on if they want to show you something. And then you go on to the next one. So it's almost like you're speed dating these different industries to see what you like. What are like your thoughts on fair? Yeah, but like fast. <laughs> Is this a job fair not fast? It could be fast. The job fair could be fast. <laughs> I don't know. This kind of seems like a job fair. I didn't really know the gist of it, but I didn't even think about a job fair until you said it. Now I'm like, yeah, it seems a lot <laughs> like a job fair. Yeah. The, the, the issue with that, I think is the recruiter can lie because uh, uh, we'll say the company Northwestern mutual. I was talking to the guy and I was talking to him and he was, he sold me, he sold me so hard. And I'm like, how much of this is one question that I was really concerned about. I was like, how much of this is cold calling? He said, none of it. And then, yeah. So I went to the training. I, I like got, I got the interview whatever, got the job. We went to the interview and then we're going through the training. It's like a week long training program. And I'm like, that fucking liar. This is literally <laughs> all cold calling. And so that I think there's an issue that rises there where they can be misleading or say something that is not truly, you yeah. know, what it actually is. And so I, I'm not sure how you would get around that, but yeah, maybe this is a bad example to start off the first time we did this segment, but I should have pitched you before we hit record. <laughs> but, that uh, might have been a good idea, but uh, do you have something? Well, I was to just going to say, gonna say um, it's because the, the thought process behind it is 
getting people into to figure out what they like where job fairs are boring to me like this would be like a, a well, how would this be fun it's almost it's almost like a challenge or a game where it's more structured a job fair you kind of walk around and check out what you like right whereas this it's almost i don't know whether it'd be hands-on where okay you get 60 seconds here and then they move you along Maybe not 60 seconds, but maybe 180 seconds. <laughs> so three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how it worked, but I remember when I was starting, uh, someone told me, try as many things as you can until you figure out what you like. Well, I don't really like a job fair because I felt like if I go to a job fair, they pretty much, they say, hey, here's our job fairs are boring to me. People just, yeah. the kids, the kids walk around to pick up the knickknacks i got a pen i got a bracelet i got this yeah i feel that i i I think one thing that i really wanted to do i feel like i get bored fast and i i didn't really watch the show but dirty jobs and how he just went from job to job to job to job i kind of like that where it's just trying out so many different jobs to see what you like and i think there's a lot of jobs that you can do that where you know you don't need all this background where you have to go to school like a lot of a lot of jobs say you need this info or you need, you know, a finance degree or whatever, yeah. but you could literally learn it like a week or two on the job and, you know, pick it up like anyone else. And I feel like if company companies were more receptive to that and just having people come in, I feel like it would open a lot more doors for people to be able to, you know, go in and try it. But at the same time, you, you might have a lot higher churn. And I think one thing that I heard that I, you know, I give credit to is what college or university somewhat does. It weeds out a lot of people. It shows that they have determination to go through four years of, you know, shit work if they don't really like it. Like they have the determination to be able to sit there, get decent grades, be able to pass. And, you know, it just shows that willingness to learn and succeed. So I think that's a little bit what college and university does. But I think jo- being able to job bounce and see what you do like, see what you don't like, and find the industries. But I feel like there's a huge pressure on people coming out of co- or high school that they have to go to college or university. And that happened with me where someone got forced to go to school because I'm not going to get a good job if I don't go to school. And I really wanted to prove that wrong. And I wasn't able to, unfortunately, because at the time I was just like a lazy piece of shit. And I just, <laughs> you know it's true it's just how it was so and you turn yeah, that you turn know. that 180 you flip that coin <laughs> yeah i did you said i, so wake I don't up i don't know where i was now, going baby. at that yeah i i five don't get that wrong <laughs> i uh <laughs> i was thinking while you're speaking there if we could pivot this business idea to turn it into challenges and maybe it's something where it teaches people how to be uh problem solvers so maybe it's there's 10 booths. Uh, you know, you have one person go to every issue. booth. And it's pretty much like, hey, you have three minutes and maybe one of them is a uh, flight school of some sort or something with planes and you have to hop in the seat and you have to quickly figure out how to fly the plane. I don't know. Something like that. That's a little drastic, but that. And then maybe there's another one where, you know, it's for a, it's for a fire department and there's a fire, a fake fire. And there's a simulator where you have to put out the fire, something where it's quick and you have to get actually Might need a little bit more than it. three minutes. 
Yeah, and maybe that's something where <laughs> those are two examples that are at the top of my head. But something where the because the part of the job fairs that I like are yeah. when they put you in the situation, in the scenario. So even something the, that would happen on the job. Correct. So even maybe there's a military one. I know the National Guard is at a lot of these job fairs. Maybe they yep. simulate something where you actually have to get in the back of a Humvee and hold a f- fake rifle and then you get bombarded with whatever. You get bombarded by enemy soldiers, right? <laughs> so yeah. making these hyper-realistic environments that you're going to be in. And maybe for filmmaking, they literally, you walk into a room, maybe it's this big event center where there's 10 rooms and every room is a different thing. You walk into this room and boom, you're on a movie set. You now have to be the director. Mm, direct these people and, yeah. you know. And you have to work. This. You have to work with the producers. You have to work with the the director of photography. You have to work with the talent, and then you kind of put yourself in. I like that scenario more. See, we're working this out, throwing them into yes, throwing them enough into the fire where it's hey, you're a part of this. I know you know nothing about this job, nothing about this profession, but now you're in. You have five minutes to do the best work you can. Okay. We're getting somewhere. This is a lot better than the job fair idea you originally this is, had. Hey, this is why the segment. <laughs> this is why we have this segment. We got to work through these ideas. Yeah, you, starts, you know, it'd be cool if we, if we, yeah, if we keep doing this, and then we end up hearing people that come up with these that actually pursue, like you know, yeah. maybe someone doesn't do the job fair, but they do what we're branching out to. Don't maybe like future fair. ideas too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a job fair, okay? Um, it's a career fair. <laughs> <laughs> careers in five we'll call future it. Fair. <laughs> careers in five yeah uh like but yeah it. no that, that like would it. be that would be cool if uh people actually started doing these ideas or maybe we're doing the ideas maybe it turns into some incubator where we have yeah, people collaboration it's just business ideas kind of like i don't know shark tank mm. will be the next what is it like y2 y2k y2 combinator or something like that yeah y2 i forget the name something y2, like that y2 yeah. combinator yeah something like that y2k is like yeah. not it the year 2000 we'll start investing in businesses and creating creating businesses that would be sweet hey i'm kind of <laughs> i'm kind of liking this idea we've come up with here with the throwing people in this live set mainly i want to just throw random kids into a film set <laughs> yeah i do like see how they do yeah and then do <clears throat> another one oh, where it's pool so that yeah so <laughs> <laughs> clean this pool with the yeah. mom watching yeah um no so on the topic of that with you like directing i'm pretty sure i told you this where the video that i created with the real estate agent yep. it was a lot of directing and i wasn't really used to it and i'm just like i'm sorry 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 and i was ke- mm-hmm. i kept apologizing nonstop because i'm like directing them and then they weren't used to my style before it was one continuous shot and it's like here's what it's going to be you guys are just all going to go it's going to be one shot whereas with me it was like clips and it was like okay you're just going to do this and that's it and they they just kind of went as they usually would as it's going to be one shot and then Mm -hmm. they would keep going and i'm like sorry sorry you can stop it's just going to be one shot so it'd be like a lot of pressure doing that doing that direct and where it's like directing everyone this is what you got to do and telling them everything that's that's something I did in the beginning too. I would apologize for taking, I felt like every time I'd show up on set. So if I'm like, Hey, I got an eight hour day or I got a four hour day. I would want to rush because I felt like I was stepping on people's toes. If I had to set something up and it took me a half hour to set up, I would try to, I'd set it up decently for 15 minutes and be like, Oh, it's good enough. These people are waiting for me. It's like, no, they're yeah, paying me. That's what I was feeling too. Yeah. I'm going to do it. 
so I get the best product. That's something I ran into when I was starting my business too. It's I'm just going to take my time, do the things the right way. I don't care if anyone has to wait an extra 10 minutes. It's going to look good. They'll forget about it in a day. They might be pissed at me at that point, but you know, I'm here. I told you how much time it's going to take. It's not on me. So yeah, that's something definitely I've experienced. Yeah. One one of the persons looked pretty like irritated or, and it just like, it just kept getting on me and I was like, okay, I got to get, I got to get going. I got to go fast. And I was just trying to go through it as fast as possible. And I think, we had a limited time too. I think we mm-hmm. only had about 45 minutes or so, 30 to, 30 to 45. And, you know, it was pretty, pretty fast with everything. So it was like, I was like running around doing everything and I was just trying to get as many shots as possible. And I think I yeah. got, I did decent for the time given and my, mm-hmm. being my first time. So, and it really depends on your scenario. If you're time limited, you kind of do have to move fast like that. But I always like to say another quote for the podcast. We love doing this. Slow <laughs> yes, is do. smooth and smooth is fast. That's the quote of the day. I like it. Sweet. There it Perfect. is. Perfect. So, I like it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the end of our business segment. That's kind of cool. I like this uh, that we're throwing this in here because it kind of makes our brain turn a little bit. Yeah, I do like it. We w- we went from a job fair to a <laughs> job fair to, to careers uh, in five. <laughs> I love it. It's great ideas. Cool. All right, Tyler. Looking you got forward any- to that segment. Me too. Honestly, now we're gonna have to brainstorm for uh, next week, which we're filming. Tomorrow. Yeah, we'll come a little <laughs> bit more prepared. So it's yeah. <laughs> Uh, you got anything else before I wrap the show? Wrap it up. Uh, okay. I don't Do we have that? Oh, yeah, we do. Okay, cool. I was just checking the outro here. Uh, that's episode seven of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review on wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur.